Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. We believe in the American way, and we built this country called the USA, and we fly our flag because we're proud and free. We're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life. Never back down from a challenge or a fight. Nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans. Welcome, patriots, to our Convention of States podcast, titled That Provident Article, a reference given to Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution by James Madison. Our opening theme music is Amazing America, used by permission of Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band and endorsers of the Convention of States project. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the U.S. Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, and specific focus on the Convention of States Project. For more information regarding the Convention of States Project, please visit www.conventionofstates.com. My name is Paul Hodson, and I've been a volunteer with the Convention of States Project in Texas since early 2014. Our goal is to continually educate ourselves on Article 5, to bring timely information relating to the Convention of States Article 5 movement, and to promote the use of Article 5 to rein in our federal government. And good morning, Patriots. June 17, 2017. It's another beautiful Saturday morning here in Texas. And we welcome you to our podcast, uh, the Dozens of you maybe who listen or pick it up on iTunes. We certainly appreciate that. I hope this is helpful to everybody. Last week, uh, I think there was a glitch with the actual software from Blog Talk Radio, but it dropped out probably about eight minutes before we were finished. Uh, I did finally get back in and hooked back online uh, and had to rush through the end. Um, And I haven't even listened to see how that sounded uh, on the recording, so I have no idea what that sounded like. Um, But this week, we're going to see what happens. I don't think it's my equipment, even though I have brand new equipment that I'm using all the way around, except for my phone. Um, Today, we are going to talk about something which uh, the Convention of States Project has started in the last couple of weeks uh, related to contacting legislators. It's a a project and uh, an operation they're calling Operation Steady Flow uh, over the summer to keep continual contact with legislators. And our wonderful national legislative director, Rita Dunaway, uh, posted uh, an educational video for all, for all of the leadership throughout uh, the Convention of States called Legislative Pitfalls. Um, so I kind of want to give some context here. You know, we've been around now for almost four years. In August, we will be celebrating our fourth year as an organization, our launch. But that means we've had four full sessions under our belt uh, from the various states. Now, we know that there's some still in progress in 2017, but uh, many states are finished. So 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017, and you learn a lot. I I know here in Texas, we learned a lot our first session in 2015. We were, so many of us uh, had never, ever been to the Capitol at all, let alone tried to work through with legislators and work through the process and understand what is going on and all the dynamics that happen in a particular uh, legislator and in a particular session. Because as as we found in Texas, each session has its own dynamics and is different. 
but as Convention of States, we we have uh, one of the things we we uh, promote amongst ourselves with self governance is to act and then learn and to adjust. So we've had four sessions in which we've been doing a lot of acting, learning, and adjusting, and uh, we want to uh, kind of flesh out what what our legislative director, our national legislative director, Rita Dunaway, uh, presented to us about legislative pitfalls, you know, from observing the grassroots and observing legislatures from all 50 states and, and what has worked, what hasn't worked, what we've learned. And she broke this down into three major categories. Uh, the first one is the timing trap. And then the second one we'll talk about is an overly centralized state team. And then the third one we'll look at is a misplaced reliance on reason alone. So when we talk about the timing trap, uh, for most states, this trap is happening right now. It's summertime, you know, and, and what do we do during the summer? Our, our legislature is done. Session is over. Um, you know what? It, it's time to rest, take a vacation, and our legislators, they worked so hard. It's time to give them a break. Um, that's a trap. In fact, this interim time between sessions is so important. Uh, not just to build up your grassroots, which is extremely important, and now is prime time for doing that, but to meet and educate your legislators. Uh, here's some great examples, and I know Texas is not the outlier in this. This is pretty standard. You know, your legislators are going to be going around. They've left session, and they're going back to their districts, and they're giving things which are typically called something like a legislative update, and they will appear at their party meetings, at uh, if they're uh, more conservative at their at their liberty group meetings, um, you know they may appear at Rotary clubs, any of those type of community clubs, to speak about. Here's what happened past session, and they of course will highlight their own bills, their own legislation that they were pushing forward. So these are great opportunities. They are there to promote themselves. Typically, they're getting ready to run for another uh, election, so they want to tell you where they've succeeded. They want to tell you what they want to do next. But, you know, here's what I was working on that didn't make it all the way across the finish line. Send me back again. Uh, so you have opportunities to go and ask them questions, and you can get five to ten minutes of quality time with a legislator, uh, with a legislator one-on-one. -on -one or maybe with one or two of you standing around, this is not a time to dogpile and have 15 or 20 people, uh, you know, and be respectful of other people's time. They've come to meet the legislator as well. Um, but, but this is a great time to come and, and let them know you're from Convention of States. And in the case of, uh, and we'll talk about this a little more in a couple other slides, but um, in the case of past states like Texas, it's time to let them know that, especially if they were supportive, thank you for the support. We're not going away. We're still here. We're watching. Um, that's a great time to meet them. The other thing that's going on is campaign season. That starts almost immediately as a session ends, is people start throwing their hat in the ring to run. Some legislators retire, uh, and they announce that, so you know there's open seats, or they're moving on. Uh, this is typically happens. People who are in a, you know, legislators who are in an upper house will now start pursuing perhaps a different uh, elected position, be it a, a different state-level position, or be it Congress. Uh, we have that going on in Texas. So you get the, the uh, what do you call it, Move, not uh, movable chairs, um, musical chairs, right? You get the musical chairs going on. Uh, this legislator is moving up to this level. Now you've got people at the lower house vying for that open seat in, in the upper house. Uh, so they start campaigning. And it's the same type of thing. They're going to the party meetings. They're going to the Liberty Group meetings.
meetings. They're going to uh, any type of community meetings where they can speak. Uh, summertime, there's going to be a lot of festivals and events where they're going to be coming and just showing them, showing themselves, maybe even just walking around. Great opportunities, especially as campaigning continues and you get to the point where it gets into the fall and then early next year where there will be candidate forums and the opportunity to absolutely ask questions. And this is when you can ask them about their support of the Convention of States and, and get them publicly on record. And that's really important if you can get them publicly on record to say yay or nay or I'm uncommitted, um, which you end up getting a lot of that. And, and continue to press them. Continue to show that, that you're there and that you're watching. So as we mentioned, local parties, club liberty group meetings where you can meet them as, as these legislators and these candidates show up. In-district office visits. Uh, the legislators are home. They are taking a vacation at some point, but hopefully they aren't taking nine months of vacation. You know, Hopefully they are taking uh, a few weeks with family. That is understandable. But they have district offices. And this is an opportunity to schedule a one-on-one -on -one meeting or two or three constituents, even better if you can get a couple because that's helpful to the candidate or legislator uh, because it, it consolidates meeting times for them. Uh, and it, it actually does help with a show of force when you have two, three, four people come to a meeting, discuss the same topic and, and present that as we are constituents and we're, we're very concerned about this. How that fits in with Operation Steady Flow is uh, the the concept behind that is to, is to prepare your legislator, find some, some article that you want to send to them, a short article from the Convention of States website, or if it's somebody that you know needs, needs deeper information, you can send them a longer document, such as Governor Abbott's Texas Plan, Mike Ferris's Harvard Law Journal article on uh, the the 1787 convention, you know, not a runaway. It was it was truly a legitimate uh, meeting in which a legitimate document was produced. If you need to send them something like that, if you know that your legislator is going to, to read that or a staff member, um, go ahead and send that ahead of time and then schedule your meeting as a follow up. And, you know, uh, how, did, how did you like the article we sent? Did you have any questions? Anything like that. And again, for past states, you, you want to meet with them to let them know that you're still watching. And we want to, we want to let them know, uh, our legislators, and this is for past states and for, for states which have not passed yet, meet with them in person and get on their social media, right? If they've got Twitter accounts, uh, if they've got Facebook accounts, uh, you may even get on Instagram. Uh, let them know that you're paying attention to what's going on. Let them know you're paying attention to legislation they care about. But you might want to tag it in some way with some type of hashtag that you're you're with the Convention of States project. Start having them associate you with Convention of States, even if as a citizen you're interested in some other topic that they may be covering. Uh, really, really helpful for them to get to know you and associate you with the Convention of States and get them to understand, uh, boy, these constituents, they are just out there and they're they're always around and they are really paying attention. Uh, next topic, the, the next pitfall, overly centralized state teams. Um, here's the really simple point. We preach federalism as the Convention of States and as citizens for self-governance. We need to practice it. It's really, really hard to do. Uh, you need to check yourself every day because it is human nature 
you consolidate power to yourself, it is the biggest challenge we have in leadership. It is the one thing I hope that I tried to do every day was to ask myself and with every decision is, is this, if I'm actually doing it because it's a, a matter which it has to be kept at a higher level, is that the right thing to do or do I need to involve people at the lower level or do we even need to let go of it for me and delegate or uh, let them run with it if they come up with their idea let them run with that you are will be amazed and you shouldn't be at how educated articulate um, creative uh, the leaders are around your state uh, in locally right they they can do wonders and we are multiplied everywhere so we need to practice federalism and let the leaders across the state uh, self-govern and do what they do well. So don't over-centralize, but here's how that ends up looking uh, when we centralize is we end up thinking, let's send the state leaders to the Capitol or to meet with our legislators. Um, first of all, encourage your, your supporters around the state to not be scared to meet with legislators and to not think they have to invite you. Uh, because the most important person to meet with a legislator is their constituent, not the state leader. And you know what legislators think? They have some type of built-in calculator in their head. Uh, I don't care what their, I don't care what their ideology is. I don't care how smart they are. They all seem to have the calculator that figures out how many constituents equals how many votes that I get. And for a state leader, if you're not a constituent of theirs, they're not that concerned with your opinion on a topic. They're really concerned about what a constituent says. So here's some things you can do to uh, encourage your constituents. Encourage them to get to those local meetings that, that we discussed uh, previously. You know, it's summertime, but you can still get to these meetings. Encourage your constituents to schedule those district office meetings. State leaders don't have to be there. Have the constituents do that. Encourage them to get to the Capitol. Now, that's not necessarily true uh, here when they're not in session. But it, it's time to start instilling that in them that, hey, you went to a local meeting. You scheduled a district office meeting. Now think ahead. When, when we're back in session, we, it's going to be great if you show up at the Capitol. That legislator is going to remember you because they met you in a meeting. They met you in their district office. Now they really see you're engaged. You've come to the Capitol. And you may have to come for hours and hours away to come to the Capitol once or twice. And if you can get more than that, uh, all the better the more times you get to the Capitol. For state leaders, we need to defer to our constituents, uh, to the constituents of the legislators. This is a really important lesson to learn to trust your volunteers. Right? That's what consent of the governed is all about. It's not about consolidating at, at some elite level. Uh, it's about having the consent of all the governed uh, work locally. Uh, if you do happen to have a meeting together, with constituents, let the constituents take the lead in the conversation. Trust them. Uh, let them speak what's on their heart, not you know, not some uh, talking points that you've handed to them. Now you can help them ahead of time, but find out what is really uh, what um, motivates them, what resonates with the constituent, what is it they want to talk about with their legislator, not what is, what is it that you want to talk about with your legislator, not even necessarily the talking points that Convention of States in general wants to talk about. Uh, if a constituent, and a lot of times they can do this, if they have a personal story of how the federal government has affected them in one way or another, they can tie that in to, the, to our, our legislation. 
and is really powerful when they have a story to tell and a personal story to tell. Let your constituents drive that. That that is worth you know five hundred visits from a state leader to a legislator to have a constituent tell a personal story, how they are impacted. That's what the legislator's job to, is to do: is to represent that constituent. So encourage you, uh, put the constituents out front. When we've had meetings with legislators and it's, it's state leaders, we always try to encourage constituents to be there, and we always try and sit the constituents up front near the legislators, and we sit in the back. We will add comments as necessary, but we really try and let our constituents take the lead in a conversation. Third, legislative pitfall. Misplaced reliance on reason alone, and, and here's where one which gets really difficult for us. Uh, because I've already said, trust your volunteers. They're smart. They are. They're articulate. Um, they can make the argument. And here's what we end up thinking. If I just make this one argument, they will be won over. This legislator can be won if I can make this one argument. And then it doesn't happen. And you get frustrated. And then you try and find another one, and it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And you're wondering what's going on. Um, don't be convinced that the best argument or even your best debater is the weapon that you need. Um, here's what experience tells us. There are a handful of legislators on both sides, either in fully uh, supportive or full opposition, a handful who really grasp for philosophical reasons. We'll dive into this in a minute. Uh, the rest of them are pretty much in the middle in which they're going to follow where the legislators kind of take leads on this, they're going to follow them. These are people who, at some point, you're going to have to have a, uh, what we're going to call a, a political, you know, political leverage, which is constituents, grassroots power. So let's talk about the balance between a philosophical position, uh, and I, I want to thank, again, our legislative liaison in Texas, Martin Harry, who really helped, helped us define and understand how you determine this how you can figure it out as you're talking to a legislator. What is it that motivates this legislator to take a position? A philosophical position is one in which typically is based on some type of research and analysis, or they may be trusting in other experts that, that have done that, uh, and, but they're still giving you a philosophical reason. Right? I oppose it because of you know the 1787 convention was a runaway and I've done ran there are legislators who've done a ton of research on it and will try and argue that from a a uh, historical perspective of documentation they've read now we would disagree with that the documentation actually proves that it was not a runaway that it that the uh, commissioners did exactly as they were commissioned to do but be aware that there are people out there who will make take a philosophical stand they're going to be difficult to win over, but not impossible. The political position, and this is where you're going to find many, many legislators. Don't think most of them take philosophical positions on everything. They take philosophical positions on a handful of, of pieces of legislation that they care about. And al almost none of them care about the Convention of States. And you could say they should. That's great, but that's not reality. Reality is they don't. They care about things that are going on in their district. Their district may have issues over water rights or land rights or education or health care. 
there may be some really important issues in their districts with their constituents that they are focused on, and that's why they got elected. And you need to understand that. But the political position is uh, more common on just about anything else. Your convention of states is going to fall in that category. And they are going to be measuring what's the political cost or benefit to me holding a position on this. You know, and how does and I think in real simple terms, how does my position on this affect my reelection chances? That's what goes through their head, even if it's subconsciously. That is what goes through their head. Um, you know, if I hold this position politically, what's that going to cost me, or what's it going to benefit me? You know, because it's a position I don't really have a strong stance on one way or the other. I haven't done the research, and I'm frankly not going to find the time to do the research. They aren't going to say it that way. I'm going to say it that way. The re realistically, they frankly aren't going to find the time to do it. They're either going to have a staff member try and do it uh, and and delegate it to a staff member to then give them a 10-minute dump uh, of information, or they're not really even going to bother with it all, and they're just going to measure where their constituency is at. So this is why it is important, especially during the summer here and as we head up into session, to demonstrate Convention of States consensus support among the legislators' constituents. And understand this is not just sending emails and making phone calls. You've got to show up at these meetings over and over and over again. That's one of the things we're emphasizing here in Texas after passing. Uh, we have encouraged our supporters and our, our leaders, find another organization, something that interests you to follow and get involved in, not just attend once, be it a political party, be it going to school board meetings, be it going to city council meetings, or here in Texas we have county commissioners going to those. They're very powerful. Or being involved with uh, your local political party or with a local liberty group or with a local you know, community um, rotary club type group. Anything to be engaged uh, with some other group doesn't mean you're no longer with Convention of States. It's another affiliation you're going to have and another networking opportunity. Um, you know, over and over again, we want them to see where we are because that's where your political leverage is going to come. You're going to find other grassroots support as you go and and join these other organizations uh, with like-minded people. They're like-minded. You're joining them because you're interested. We're not asking you to join something which you have no interest in. Don't do that. Uh, Join something that resonates with you, and you'll bring something else to the table with the Convention of States and with that organization, quite frankly. They're going to start looking to you uh, as they see the success of Convention of States. They're going to look, be looking to you for leadership. So in summary, uh, whether anybody's listening today or not, no idea. Um, but summary actions. Uh, it's time to educate, recruit, and grow your grassroots. Right? Don't hesitate to continue scheduling presentations around your state. Uh, and, and local presentations, encourage your, your leaders around the state to schedule presentations, uh, be it at local liberty groups or be them scheduling themselves. You know, local public libraries uh, typically have a meeting room that you can get either for very cheap or a lot of them hopefully uh, will reserve it for you if you live in that county where the library is, exists, let you do it for free. You're a taxpayer. Um, schedule presentations. Schedule informal talks if you want. If, if you're uncomfortable doing presentations, schedule a get-together where you just talk, sit around the table, a coffee shop, uh, a, a cheap little restaurant, 
um, and talk for a couple hours about the United States, what's going on, what's going on around the, your state, what's going on nationally. You know, big news this week. Jim, Jim DeMint came on board. You know, that, that was exciting news. Uh, there's going to be big news in Texas next week. I just gave you a little tease. We'll have a big news by the end of the week um, uh, of something we're doing here. Pretty exciting. Um, so chances to have uh, talks like that. But most importantly, you're doing this because you're networking. You're going to show up where like-minded people already are, and you're going to be presenting them another solution and what we believe is the big solution, the real solution to rein in the federal government with the Convention of States. And, of course, you're going to educate and challenge your legislators and candidates. Uh, this is the opportunity you have to determine their questions or concerns. Uh, this is the time where you win or lose. Um, if you don't do your groundwork now, your battle in session is going to be a monumental uh, climb. Uh, liken it to uh, not rock climbing, mountain climbing, where you've, where you've got to put in uh, footholds and handholds. And you put those in as you climb, and your goal, obviously, is to get to the top and to be able to look over the peak. If you make session the time where you have to put every one of those footholds and handholds in and, and pound them into the, into the face of the mountain and climb up, that is a huge, steep climb to make. But if you can do a lot of that work and a lot of that work before session starts, now you still got work to do to get over the top. But at that point, you're maneuvering through the legislative process, and you're doing a lot less of the education process. They know who you are. They know what you're talking about. You've educated them during this summer interim, and uh, you're not going to have to have that challenge. So you want to determine their questions, concerns, and get answers for them. For one thing, that will make them accountable. You asked me that question in July, you know, uh, Representative Smith, and I gave you information on it. Um, and it answered your questions, and you, you're still stubborn. You know, you don't have to say it that way, although you might want to say it that way. You know, you're still holding out. Uh, they're they're going to continue. Look, when they start asking you for asking the same question over and over, even after you've answered it, uh, you've your clue is that they are either philosophically opposed, which they probably aren't, or there's political pressure on them to hold out. Uh, and you just need to apply more political pressure, more more grassroots. So you can provide them reading material to answer. You can meet with them, both informally and formally, as we discussed. Go to meetings where they are, and you're going to have informal meetings, formally scheduled meetings in their district offices, and repeat this process over and over and over again. Uh, you know, We have a phrase we've used, a word we've used to de define it here in Texas, to be relentless. You know, It's not just persistence. We want to be relentless. We want to be nice while we're relentless, but we want them to know we are always here and always watching, and we are relentless. Wear your COS buttons and your COS gear. Be omnipresent. Um, love that phrase from our good friend in Governor Abbott's office, Andy Oldham. He's the one who, who told us at lunch a year ago in June uh, down at the Capitol that he was going around different states speaking on Article 5, and he just said, you're, you COS guys, you're, you're omnipresent, which is awesome. It's all about preparation for session and then get to your capital. I want to leave you with um, a short short clip from Governor Abbott uh, two weeks ago today when we were down at the governor's mansion uh, with the Convention of States team and the emphasis of the grassroots and the difference they can make. Uh, so here's Governor Abbott. To get to the threshold of the governor's mansion today took far more than everything that I've talked about so far. What it took was you. 
as we went into the session, yes, I declare this to be one of my emergency items for Texas to pass the Convention of States. But it took more than an emergency item. You all saw that even after I declared it to be an emergency item, there were layers of pushback, layer obstacles for us to be able to get this done. And it took an entire army of more than 100,000 Texans who insisted that Texas would take a lead in passing the Convention of States. One thing that I knew whenever I showed up at the Capitol during the course of the session is when the Convention of States people were at the Capitol. I could hear it. I could feel it. I would know it. You made a difference. Uh, that, uh, that wraps up our show for today. Thank you for listening if you're out there. Um, and we will again have Madison Rising play us out and hope to, hope to be with you again next week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. And thank you once again for listening to that Provident article. We appreciate your listening. My name is Paul Hodson. I'm the co-director here in Texas, the Convention of States Project. We want to thank Madison Rising for all the music that they provide here, our intro and outro. Go out to their website, www.madisonrising.com. We invite you also to go out to our Convention of States website, www.conventionofstates.com. We want to thank the Convention of States Project, Mark Meckler, founder and president, Citizens for Self-Governance, Michael Ferris, head of the Convention of States Project, and a big, big thank you to our entire Texas Convention of States team. And we invite you to join us again next week for another episode of That Provident Article. 